0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hut, hut, hi.
1: To another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Doll. That's Dylan Ryan. And Super Bowl has came and went, and so that officially means we are into Thank the God off it's season. Over for like the last <laughs>
2: for the last month, I've just been very much trying to like, like
1: it's our time to shine. I yeah. officially like I tweeted. I was like Chicago Bears are on the clock. Like most importantly, yeah. Um, but obviously, I feel like we can't do, like talk about a football podcast without mentioning the Super Bowl a little bit. Great game. Yeah, it was. I, I think that it was. The ideal, obviously, you would rather it not end the way it ended um, because I feel like that took a little bit away from, like, the like the crazy ending it could have had uh, because, and I know a lot of people were like, they were still in field goal range, blah, blah, blah. But then Philly would have got the ball back with like a minute 40. Yeah. And then and they, they would have had driving. that exciting minute 40. Yeah, yeah they had just, the, in the second half, they punted one time in the entire second half yeah. and they were coming off a score, of a touchdown. So I, I think a lot of people were just like, man, that like last minute 40 of trying to see if Jalen Hurts and Philly could drive down the field and get in field goal range and it go to overtime. Like that thought would have made it a little more fun, but I think overall the game was exciting. If you would have told me the stats, just number yards-wise, and I said this last night on Helmets and Heels where I was like, maybe this is a hot take, but this is why the the people who criticized Justin Fields this last year for not having a lot of yards in the games, even though on one of those games he threw three touchdowns, bothered me. Because to me, yards, like how many yards you throw, is just such an overrated statistic in my opinion because you could see – and certain scenarios where there's quarterbacks that will throw 300-and-something yards. But if you're not scoring touchdowns, like, I don't—what what does it matter? Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, had, like, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had 300-and-something yards and one touchdown. And Kansas City won because Patrick Mahomes was able to throw three touchdowns in addition to, like, getting their run game going a little bit. Obviously, Kadarius Toney running the with the punt return or whatever it was helped a lot. Um But— I think that, to me, when I see, I hate that, like, I hate so much that they're like, if you don't throw for 4,000 yards this season, you suck. And I'm like, because all I heard this last few months about how great Jalen Hurts was and how Justin Fields needs to be traded, yet they have literally the same number of touchdowns. Well,
2: I mean, I will say for Jalen Hurts, he did run for three. Not Jalen
1: Hurts. Um, Justin Fields and Justin Herbert. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. Justin Herbert and yeah. Jalen and Justin Fields had the same amount of touchdowns this yeah, season. Yeah. Total touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. But... Because Jalen Hurts had an insane more amount of yards, people are looking at it and are saying Justin Fields sucked. But at the end of the day, their situations were so different.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like Justin Fields was that arguably the worst talent roster rise ro- talent wa- roster. Wa- God, I can't talk sometimes. <laughs> roster talent wise in the NFL. <laughs> there, it is. there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's very clear that like he's just in a situation where like he succeeded despite of his team. Mm-hmm. Players like that succeeded, not. They're not, not saying they're not good, but they're just because of their teams. Yes. Like when you have targets like that you're going to have a lot more successful outcomes. So it's just,
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and even in, so I'm sure by now, most people I've listened to part of my take with Justin Fields, and he even said that because they were like, how do you feel like when people are comparing you to like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or where some of these other young quarterbacks are? And Justin was like, you can't do that because we are all in different situations. We all have different coaches. We all have different players surrounding us. And I'm like, we've been yelling that as fans for for months now and now guys like Jason La Confora wants to come out and say that they need to, that a lot of GMs think the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields and I'm like, it, it's just absolutely insane to me that some people no can't see the that. different situations that Justin Fields was in compared to Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I think Patrick Mahomes is he's the best like he is hands down the best and I think a lot of people not a lot of people some people were like okay he's not going to be able to be successful without Tyree Kill and then he wins a Super Bowl so it was kind of like but he still does what he he still is able to do what he has to do but there also is so many pieces aside from that like when you have a line that can protect you and when you do have receivers that you can connect with that the run game got going a little bit Chris Jones by himself is an absolute monster probably one of the best defensive no is one of the best defensive players if not best defensive player in the I league I mean, the all only around. guy in
2: terms of interior alignment that stands up to him is aaron donald yeah that guy's been the most dominant defensive player in my lifetime arguably so
1: yeah and, and so it's just really interesting to me that so many people want to point to those things but the fact that when justin said that i was like yes like yeah he's sitting here and he's not saying like well yeah you know like I want to be like Trevor Lawrence. I want to be like Joe Burrow. No, he was just like we're in different situations. How are you going to compare those two things? It's like when people try to compare LeBron and Michael. Like you play in two different, two different eras between them, and with these guys, they're playing with two different, completely team situations. Um, which obviously, how, how do you feel about part of my take? Because I, you already listened to the podcast. Oh yeah,
2: I listened. I mean, like I'm a, I've a big fan of that podcast, AWO, for a long time. That's what mm-hmm. they call the listeners. Uh, but yeah, it's I loved it. You know, Big Cat's a big uh. Bears fan so obviously he was a little biased with all of the questions and I was a big fan of that yeah. but overall just, I really enjoy what he had to say um, it's always so awkward when like you asked I get, Justin gets asked those questions being like you know you want to bring in some more guys for yeah. like the team and stuff because he doesn't like, want
1: to diss his team he's not, yeah because like, at yeah. the end of the
2: day like he gets along with a lot of these guys yeah. being like yeah like these receivers are cool people but like I'd like some better ones you mm-hmm. know And it's always really weird when that happens uh, something that I noticed it's not that not, not, it has nothing to do with football at mm-hmm. all but so a question they asked towards the end of the interview was pretty much just like what's something about you that like people don't know? Mm-hmm. And like, he could have very easily just been like some BS dumb question. And they yeah. kind of gave him the opportunity to like do that. Say cause, something he, Cause he couldn't really think of something yeah. at, at first, but he like sat there and like thought about it for yeah. like two minutes. It's yeah. just like, that's something that, like, he's like a nice guy that yeah. like, actually cares and like, he he wants to, wants to give answer you, you a good answer. Yeah. And that's
1: it, like, because he said golf, and then he was like, you know, I'm like, like I, I want to get better at golf, yeah, blah, blah, answer. blah. But then he still was like, oh, I'm really trying to think, like, something you don't know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Because that's like one of the, and as human beings on a daily, like, on a normal basis, you'll get people who ask that. Like, if you, that first, like, the awkward when you first start dating someone and you're like, so tell me about yourself. And you're like, I like sports. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. literally what I do, you know? And so I have a hard time thinking of something else. Like, I have my weird little quirks, but am I going to say that I'm part of my take, like, right away and sound uninteresting? Maybe not. Yeah, and like, I, I yeah. liked how Justin approached a lot of this interview because— he, number one, he's honest. He seems like a super honest guy in general. Um, Even when they were talking about the nicknames, because he was like, my dad called me J-Rock because I had a big head. and Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, just, yeah. I was laughing so much in this, and I was like, I love seeing Justin, like, loosen up a little bit and, like, have a good time and laugh. And even when Big Cat's, like, sitting there saying, like... F Aaron Rodgers, like, (laughs) are you going to say that? He's like, no, probably not. But he's, like, laughing about it. You could tell he's having a good time. Yeah. Because the rumors, or I guess which are true, just came out that he's going to, like, contact Aaron Rodgers or whatever to talk about football. After he's out of the darkness (laughs) retreat, you know? Yeah, when he's out of the darkness, which is fine. Like, I don't care. what, go talk to Aaron Rodgers Aaron about Rogers football. Aaron Rodgers is
2: a good quarterback. Yeah, I can <laughs> say that. Like you there's know, a like,
1: reason he's like 26 and, and four against us. And a good quarterback
2: who used to be coached by your current offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, like it just makes it's duh. Like yeah. it's not. I'm not mad about that by any means. And something else I also noticed. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but like at the beginning of the interview. You could very much tell he had been doing all those interviews all week, mm-hmm. and he was. You could tell he's very media trained. Yes, and the way in which he was answering the questions, it was all like very safe stuff. Like mm-hmm. I noticed he didn't swear at all during the podcast, yeah. which is a very because he even thing. said
1: f like yeah, on the one and, part like, when they were talking. So- people who listen
2: to part of my take it as a very like laid back mm-hmm. sports show, and like they try to have a lot of fun with things and yeah. not things take themselves too seriously. Uh, and they were doing that at first, and you, Justin was kind of like just like giving the basic answers, but yeah. like. Throughout the interview, you're just like, oh, like, he's kind of starting to get comfortable and have fun and see that personality and, like, get why all of his teammates are like, this guy's a man, you know?
1: Yeah I agree and so it, it's fun and I think that one of the things they ta- they touched upon in there but obviously there's been a lot of Justin Fields podcasts. he was on with Rich Eisen he was on at all the different podcasts over the Super Bowl week so that was cool because we got a little bit more of Justin than I feel like we've had um, but one of the things that kind of went viral a little bit on Twitter were th- when they were asking him about like what if the Bears did draft like what would you think if the Bears what would be your thought process that the Bears drafted a quarterback um, this year. And he kind of was like, well, I'd be thinking about what team I'm playing for next. And some people got butthurt about that. I personally like appreciate that answer so much because to me, I'm taking it as Justin Fields, like, it's not going to ha- like i'm the quarterback like i'm it's like confident that i can keep this you don't believe in me why would i want to jump- be here you yeah. know like yeah and so okay if you're going to go trade someone else if you do decide that then i'm going to see like where i can go be successful and play quarterback because that's what i'm here to do um one more little part before we move on to because this is uh about free agency is oh no i just lost it as i was thinking about it because we were talking about as i was about to say the words they just left my brain um because he was talking about the
2: is this for the Rich eyes and it's stuff? For,
1: it was back. It was oh, so when part of my take was talking about uh-huh. he talking about when he. Uh, who he thought He was going to be drafted to Oh yeah And he kind of like Went through the process of that And he thought was It was going to be Atlanta yeah. And then they were like He, he lives right near Atlanta So that's like home so he, I mean, like home. he, and so he was fan. kind of like yeah. Okay that was emotional You know whatever And they were He was like Ab- About uh, I love Atlanta Or whatever And they were like Okay <laughs> like,
2: yeah, yeah big cat Yeah he was like he's like Alright you don't like Atlanta That much buddy like, yeah, and, like, and then like, he was just so like He's like, like,
1: he, like bear for life And then he he's like, like Bear for life Yeah I noticed that too I was like okay There it is And he said it like If you were watching Obviously you could see a smile If you were listening listening you could feel the smile when he said bear forever yeah and something
2: else I did not notice actually from over the week of him doing all these interviews he's done with Rich Eisen um and it's so funny because like Rich Eisen typically has been a big Justin Fields fan to the things he said and like the way in which he interviewed him you could tell like this guy just loves Justin Fields and which is kind of funny considering like he's a huge Michigan guy yeah Justin Fields clearly not a huge Michigan guy um but they asked him about like hey so like you know that, that during this process like they're gonna work out quarterbacks Or they might work out quarterbacks. They're going to look everywhere and all these things. Like, are you going to get mad about that? Essentially is what he asked. And, like, Justin's just like, I understand this is a business and they have the first overall pick and they need to make things look this way. And, like, even in the part of my take interview, they talk about, like, all these smoke screens and stuff. And it seems like he very much gets that, like, hey, maybe the whole world is talking about trading me right now. And, like, everyone's talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and all this stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, like, he's talked to Ryan Poles. He knows how he feels about him. And I think he's confident that he's going to be the guy going forward. So, like, he doesn't care about any of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And Ryzen was kind of talking about, before he had Justin on on one of the podcasts, was saying, like, it's going to be a tough couple months for this kid because he is going to hear like the Bears are going to trade him the Bears are going to draft another quarterback Justin Fields isn't the franchise quarterback Justin Fields isn't good the Bears made another mistake Bears could have and like the last month we heard we had the one interview with Patrick Mahomes dad I think it was on 670 where he comes on and says that Patrick Mahomes thought he was coming to Chicago so all the fans were like oh my god like we could have had Patrick Mahomes and then last week or like Super Bowl week they were talking about how uh who was it was it Andy Bruce arians maybe there was like who's was
2: gonna be the head coach of the bears, yeah, yeah,
1: and so everyone was like, dang like No, yeah, that, that's like been a thing for a while, <laughs> yeah, though. I've never but one. he came yeah. on he yeah, did an interview yeah. um with I think it was like Adam Hogue and yeah, that I, that's group. when
2: we hired uh that uh good great cup winner up in uh Canada, Mark Trustman. Yeah, trust Yeah. So,
1: but things like that kept coming up. And I was like, at some point, I can't wait, which I feel like we're closer to that. But we're not talking about like, dang, we could have had this. Like, like I want in two years to be us, us be like, Man, can you believe that somehow in a miracle it, we went to the playoffs in 2020 and then still got Justin Fields in 2021? Can, can you believe the Jets,
2: the <laughs> Niners, <laughs> took
1: Zach Wilson, <laughs> and took
2: Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and all these things like and, and, and like the fact and that Justin
1: said he they told him they were taking Trey Lance already. Oh, yeah. He knew going into the draft. And, like, it's
2: so crazy because I feel like <laughs> I he would be perfect for their offense. And, they like, would
1: have been in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, I 100.
2: Right, and yeah. like another thing too is like going over the teams that passed on him to, like. The Panthers, the Broncos, all these teams, like the Falcons. And like, yeah. I'm listening to them. And at the time I was like, why are they doing this? And like yeah. going back and thinking about their quarterback situations now, they're just like, they are so pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, and like the funny thing oh, is, yeah. all the players that were drafted are good players. JC Horn's oh, played well. Oh, great. Sertain's one of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, he hasn't been as good as people have wanted yeah. to. But, but I he has had a quarterback. Yeah, I think that plays a big <laughs> part in it. So like. They are not get bad players by any means, but he's yeah. played so well that I think they all regret that, which yeah. is kind of crazy.
1: Because some of those also would have been such game changers, I think. like uh, When you look at... Denver and, like, Justin Fields with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Hey, let's go make and it. like a a Jerry Judy here in the you know, summer, like, you
2: know, or oh wintertime, whatever I it know. Is. Yeah.
1: Come on, Jerry. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, that was, that was all fun. We got Super Bowl. We got a lot of Justin Fields, which is really cool. Um, but obviously now we're heading into the Combine. Combine is a little over a week away like two or weeks, two weeks like, away. Something
0: like
2: that,
1: yeah. Combine's a couple weeks away. Free agency is a couple weeks after that. Um, so this is the point where it starts just being, like, all right, here we go. This is so, the last
2: little like quiet period yes. for sure.
1: Uh, so, we have uh, a guest coming up. His name is Michael Gennetti. He's the co founder of Spot Track, uh, co founder and editor of Spot Track, uh, which, uh, if you don't know what Spot Track is, you're I, not a sports fan yeah. if you know what Spot Track uh, is. But Come it's on. the place you go when you want to look up like any player contract, whatever, the, if it's Major League Baseball, NHL, NH- NFL, blah, 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 but all of the things. Um, and you can find the breakdown of everything you can do on that site is really cool. If you've never actually went on there and, like, messed with all of the different things you can filter out and look at, you can do it by position group for that. I never really
2: explored it before. I've just, like, looked at it as, like, oh, like, here's so-and-so's contract. Here are the years that it can be guaranteed. You know, here's the number of that stuff. Like, the basic information. But yeah. Like, it sounds like you can do, like, a lot of There's really cool stuff. A ton there.
1: of stuff. And so if you haven't, go ahead and look at Track, especially if you're wanting to get even more excited about the Bears because they have – Almost ninety-eight million dollars to spend this season, so much and that's money. over forty million dollars more than the next team.
2: Not even close. Wild. Wild. Not even close. Yeah.
1: Um. So obviously, with that, we it brings us to free agency. So we'll get to Michael Giannetti in a minute, and he'll really break down some of you know like the Bears. Salary cap the salary cap of the NFL and the Bears cap space and our rivals cap space and how much trouble they're in right now because of Aaron Rodgers because of it. Um so we'll get into all of that, but Dylan first, because obviously we are, like I said, approaching this free agency period and there's a lot of names out there. Obviously, uh we'll also have that franchise tag day. So some of these guys will be off that list once they tag. Well,
2: they're like they're off the list, and I'm doing quotations because yeah. a lot of the time people will try and trade them. So yes. like it necessarily doesn't mean they're not we'll tag them and yeah. then possibly
1: you still have a chance, but then you'll have to pay for them. Yeah. Uh, a, tra- tra- trade for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's go. I want to go over this list that I found. Someone wrote a list, and it's for the um, Bears Wire, actually posted out for USA Today. And they posted, like, top 40 free agents uh, that could p- be potential fits for the Bears this season. And like I said, this is just like a here and now because some of these names will be like, there's no way their team's going to let them go. Yeah. Um, but— we have also mentioned a couple of them. the The top of the list, though, is the running back room, which we the main thing everybody is guessing is David Montgomery will not be back. That's where all it's signs kind of are the pointing. Are
2: going to this point, it seems like all
1: signs are kind of pointing to that. I'm personally a little bummed about that, but they have a list of running backs that could be potential free agent signings for them. This is including Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. Any of those three, would you say yes to?
2: I mean, like, at the end of the day, it really depends on the number Mm -hmm. is really what it comes down to. But if you really ask me if it's what I think they're going to get, no, I don't think I want any of those guys. I'd much rather prefer drafting someone in, like, between rounds three to six and, you know, trying to go from there. Because you get a lot of good running backs at that point of the draft.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And to me, I've just seen it so many times. Like, you get running backs— in the second third round fourth round even later sometimes i end up being just like studs so it's so hard for me to validate paying massive money for a running back
2: i love saquon as a player he's Mm -hmm. so much fun but like the injury stuff that scares me yeah and like you're giving him a ton of money for someone who is not going to be the focal point of your offense like Mm -hmm. you can try and make a running back the focal point of your offense in this day and age but like it doesn't really work. Yeah, obviously you've had some success with the well, Niners. Well, we
1: did last year, yeah. and it wins you three games. Exactly. It's
2: just like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're gonna run the ball, but like it's not really gonna get you like much. You these can days. lead
1: the league in rushing, and that looks great on paper, but you're gonna be picking first in the draft.
2: Yeah, and like okay. if you're a dynamic player, like you know, like a Christian McCaffrey, and like yeah. Saquon is kind of like that to a point where mm-hmm. like you can catch the ball and do other stuff, but like the additional injury stuff, I just. Don't see why so many Bears fans are like, let's get Saquon, let's get Saquon. Yeah. Like, go for the cheaper options because there's a lot of them out there.
1: I agree. Um, all right. So obviously one of the things we've talked about a lot is wide receiver room. I don't think the wide receiver free agency isn't super deep. The draft wide receiver room isn't super deep. But Justin did say he wants Njigba. I oh, can Jigba. I never say his name? And Jigba. Yeah. Um, jsn and jsn also commented that he wants justin so if somehow and some miracle ryan poles can make that happen yeah
2: i think the only way that happens is if we trade back into the first
1: yeah which yeah. a lot of people are saying hope like they could potentially yeah. do that um depending what they get for that yeah. the f- idea that is first you overall. trade
2: down pack up some of those picks get back up into like the 20s or teens yeah. get them so um, oh, i'd love that that's uh, my ideal <laughs> scenario personally yes, i don't think i'm still very high on him after this bad year he had yeah because like especially like, what justin had to say about him earlier like mm-hmm he knows he's a dog and like yeah. he is was amazing and an amazing wide receiver room the one year he was healthy yeah and having that connection already with him and justin i feel like is so valuable like look what's going on with jamar chase and yeah. joe and joe burrow or uh jalen waddle and tua like there's a, a ton of examples that, working that, out that so extra
1: well. like just click and even here in Jacksonville's it's not a wide receiver but the way the what trevor and etn were able to do this year they just like, know each other better yeah um okay but the names you we do have to look at uh dj chark uh, which is somebody – who are we talking to that said they would like – oh, Matt Hayes. He said that DJ Chark wouldn't be a bad option. Just to me, I personally like DJ Chark. I was a huge Chark fan here in Jacksonville, but to me he's another three, maybe two, yeah. and I just – I we need a one. I we agree. need a, a I, wide I receiver one. I don't think one. we're
2: going to find a wide receiver one in free agency. No. They're just not out there. But someone like DJ Chark is someone I would be not opposed to at all given like a one, two-year deal. Just yes. being like, hey, like you are an athletic freak. Yeah. you struggle with injuries at times. You've shown a lot of flashes. Let's see if you can do something here.
1: Yeah. Um, so the other ones they have on here for wide receiver, Darius Slayton. Jacoby Myers is another name that a lot, a lot of people are people. flashing. Yeah. Um, that, I think, would be a more manageable contract a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but So those are interesting. I would say Jacoby and DJ Chark, I would say yes to. But like you said, it would have to be one of those contracts where it's a year or two contract. Or it's a and very
2: low like, amount of money lo- being committed. Yes. Yeah
1: um so oh juju
2: i don't want Juju. Spencer i don't want Juju either especially uh, after that valentine yeah. shit. like he's just ugh, like
1: alan yeah. lazard yeah how do you feel about him
2: alan lazard is someone i've always been a big fan of but i also kind of been a little bit biased because i watched him in college iowa mm-hmm. state he is just a huge body and like he's kind of only is really good at like running straight and catching you know red zone balls mm-hmm. but i do think that like he serves a purpose and we don't have that big body guy we have chase mm-hmm. he's kind of supposed to be that yeah hasn't done it yet but this is another one where it's like if i'm paying big money for alan lazard i'm no, good no, if no, i get him you. for a deal yeah why not
1: um Nicole hardman was another one he uh is battling injury right now too and that was like towards the end of the season yeah. like i I feel like I don't know enough about him. He's just
2: fast. That's yeah. kind of all I really know. And to me,
1: it's kind of like it's easier to do that with uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everything of uh, Travis Kelsey dealt getting double teamed the entire I time. Tyreek Hill make, was there before. Yes. Yeah. So it, I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Um, this is an interesting one to me because when we're talking about possible Bears players going for second contracts, so I'm going to start speeding up through this a little bit, but The names you really think about are obviously David Montgomery, who we just mentioned, but Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and they have uh, Mike Gusecki on this list. I love Mike Gusecki, but I love Cole Komet, and I truly do think that Cole Komet could be like... Our tight end. I, yeah. I don't think that's something that I would go and spend money on this free agency think, because it's one of the ones
2: I'm more comfortable with. I also think a is more of a receiver than he is a tight yeah, end. Yeah, that's you true. You know, too. and I think that's kind of really valuable, especially in yeah, offense. Yeah, kind where, of like
1: Evan Ingram was in Jackson. Yeah,
2: Blash. and like especially in offense where we still want to be run heavy with a guy like Justin and like assuming we get more running backs, you'd assume. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd rather have the blocking. So.
1: Um, well, Dalton Schultz is another tight end. Irv Smith is another tight end. Um, like I said, to me personally, like Dalton Schultz, I like too. But in my opinion, when we're looking at this free agency, we have so many holes that that to me, you don't need to overcompensate for one that you're. Yeah, like
2: if, comfortable if we get with. a ton kind of picks in the draft off a trade, and like we draft yeah. the tight end in the mid rounds, I'm okay with that because Goldkamet's been good. But like, yeah. has he like shown me he's a superstar? Yeah. No. So like, there's still some stuff to prove there.
1: Yeah, and the problem with tight end too is there's such a drop off between like the top four or five guys. And, and then the it's just like.
2: Nobody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so obviously we're two. Now one of the most important. I'll get through. Th- so you just tell me. I'm going to go through these. You say which ones really stand out to you, which one um, you would want for the Bears. Orlando Brown. Uh, Mike McGlinchey. Andre Dillard. Juwan Taylor. I don't know this one. Yosh Nigman. I
2: don't know if I know that one.
1: He is a Packer. Um, Caleb McGarry. Dalton R- Risner, Ethan Pochick. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong or right either. Garrett Bradbury, Jason Kelsey, which we don't know about his he's, future he's, yet. I think
2: he's going to retire, go back to the any Eagles.
1: of those pop out to you that you would want.
2: Uh, Orlando Brown, I think, is a top lineman on the offense, lineman available right now. Uh, obviously, like he's a great tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's had some issues with some stuff before, so I don't know if I'm necessarily super comfortable paying him like a guy like Taron Armstead got last yeah. offseason. Um, Mike McGlinchey, McGlinchey yeah, like. yeah, is someone I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame guy. He necessarily hasn't played to the level he was drafted at, but he's still been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one other name in there. I'm totally blanking on what You said probably. Let's go through
1: McCurry. You didn't know Nigman, Andre Dillard, Jawan Taylor.
2: Jawan Taylor. That yeah, was the yeah. other one. Yeah, it was Jawan Ju- Taylor. Had a really solid season for the Jags. Um, yeah. He was right tackle for them. We right tackle is a position of need for us. Yeah. And uh, I could see him being not super expensive either. So yeah.
1: I agree. I, I like Jawan. I've talked a lot of crap about Jawan Taylor last season because he just looks so terrible. Honestly, the massive leap he took this year, which may make me hesitate a little bit just because I'm like, was this an off year? Was it because like it, he Brandon Sheriff came in and really kind of anchored in the offense and fixed things? Or did he just take a massive leap and is, has progressed? I don't know. Um that'll be interesting to me. Uh but defensive, the line part. So Daron uh Deron Payne, obviously, Duh. Hargrave, yeah. Um, Sean, uh, Sean Robinson, Solid. Dalvin Tomlinson, Sheldon Rankins, Puna Ford, David. On some of these I do not know if I'm saying Draymond Jones so there is a ton of the guys on on that side uh, Marcus Davenport obviously Yannick Ngakwe is a name I've seen a lot of people floating towards this way Brandon Graham J- Jadavion Clowney yeah. any of those really pop out to you
2: uh, I mean there's honestly a lot of names in there yeah. that definitely give me a lot of interest you know there definitely is um, levels of interest varying on how much they get paid but I do think that there's a lot of pieces that could be really useful there I mean Deron Payne is my number one guy coming out of free agency for yeah. me the tag question, I think, is the biggest thing with him. A lot of people on the commander side are saying they might. Yeah. There is that one guy on Twitter saying that we they should trade Deron Payne for Justin Fields. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we're going to do that. Just straight
1: up trade. That was,
2: that was a fun day <laughs> on Bears Twitter. Um that was. But yeah, it's, that's, I think, where they're going to spend the most amount of money, yeah. uh, given the level of talent there. I mean, guy like Davenport's interesting to me. I think G. Davion Clowney on a one-year deal, I think, is someone that's also interesting. He just provides pass rush, pass rush, pass rush help. Uh, even though he's not necessarily super prolific at it, mm-hmm. um, he's still good, and like, yeah. we were terrible at it last year. so
1: Yeah, and I think it, it's going to be interesting because obviously we know our defensive line needs a lot of work, but I do also think we need a, a veteran linebacker. Um, yeah. I, I'm confident that Jack Sanborn can be a dude, but I do think there needs to be some sort of veteran presence by him. Um, I know we are going to super address the defense when it comes to the draft anyways, but I do think it's so important for them to add some veteran leadership. You saw what that did. I mean, the Eagles went from 29 sacks to 70 because they added multiple veteran presence on their defense. But it, it just that it adds so much. When you know you have a few studs, when you fit in those puzzle pieces and add the veteran guys, and, and there's some linebackers out there. I don't know if any of these I just like look at, it and I'm like, yes, I want them on uh, Tremaine Edmonds uh david i like but i feel like he fell off a little bit
2: he's older you know like we're not really we're not at the point where we're necessarily you know a 32 year old isn't really part of our long-term plans
1: yeah and so that's about it with the linebackers um but the corner wise we i'm just i'm not looking at secondary right now yeah so it's a very long interesting list of some like guys but at the end of the day it all matters with their contracts and that's why we're here today yeah. Because what are we going to be paying these guys? What, How much money will the Bears spend this offseason? How much do they need to spend to improve this roster? Things like that are important. We get into
2: all of those things. Yes, we get
1: into all of those things. So let's go ahead and jump to this interview with uh, Michael Giannetti, again, co-finder and editor of Spot Track, And then we'll just wrap it up a little bit.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V-A-N-29.com.
1: All right, now we are joined by Michael Gennetti. He's the co-finder and editor of um, He's It's the source for, I think, when you Google any question about somebody's contract, that's where it takes you because it's the source for all player contracts, payroll, sal- salary cap, breakdowns, all the things you want to know for Major League Sports. So yeah, kind of the place you sports. go to. Um, I've used it a million times. Not always do I understand fully the player contracts, so it's cool to kind of see the way they break down. Um, that's obviously track spot- Track.com, but before we get into the bears, Mike, I want to hear a little bit about how this started. How did Spot Track start? And uh, because obviously you being the co-founder was the beginning of it all.
4: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, this is about a 15-year journey now, and it uh, started off as a baseball blog. I was tracking just really surfacey, high-level, you know, massive baseball contracts because that was kind of the driving force for sports money at the time. And then I realized that, you know, obviously I was watching other sports and I realized that things were a lot more complicated in other areas, right? Especially with the salary cap, the NFL and the NBA stuff gets even wilder. So we, uh, I kind of assembled a, a, a small team around me and it's been uh, just an expansive thing ever since. We've, uh, we've turned this from a simple running list of contracts, to, as you said, breaking down things as, as much as humanly possible, including incentives and projections and all sorts of things for various sports.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, as I mentioned, uh, we appreciate it. So thank you for tracking all of this, because I think we would be completely lost without a website where we can go and just look up the numbers. But what is the process of inputting these contracts? Because obviously there's a lot of variables involved in all of the different sports contracts and, you know, with incentives and bonuses and guarantees. Do you guys have a system that kind of does that? or Are you manually inputting this information as contracts get released?
4: We do. We have a, a piece of software that we develop alongside this thing and we have to change it every month because wow. every month we learn something new or something evolved or new sports come out or uh, we just, you know, things things kind of progress. So, yeah, every sport has its own sort of uh, module inside of our software because every, every sport is completely different, financially speaking, and uh, it's made our lives completely easy, but also very manual, right? Everything's manual input uh manual code manual updates uh i wish i could just say we're just sitting here on a google spreadsheet and and laying these (laughs) things out but it's a lot more complicated than that
1: (laughs) it sounds like it
2: yeah it is really funny though how you mentioned that um sorry it is really funny you guys mentioned that you started with baseball because it feels like all the like analytical and you know number oriented stuff really kind of starts in baseball so that is a little fun tidbit there um so for you obviously you know you're covering all the major sports when it comes to salary caps and a lot of them can get really complicated other ones are easy to understand than others kind of a dumb question but i think a basic question people want to know what do you think is the most complicated salary situation for the major four, four sports
4: it's a great question i think the nba is overall the most complicated financial structure because there are just so many variables and exceptions and things like that and and that literally the salary cap there is almost not real right and you hear them again i talk quite a bit it's it's Teams absolutely do not care about the salary cap of the NBA. They care about the luxury tax. So um, I'd say overall it's the NBA, but specifically if, if you want me to drill down, I think the, the idea of dead cap in the NFL is the biggest unknown, and, and it's the hardest to explain. It takes a Bible of an article to get out there, and then I have to still sit here and talk about it as much as possible. <laughs> There's just so many angles and elements to it, and it's so important, right, especially right now this time of year. It's so important. Teams as they release players and trade players, or think about those kind of transactions. So I would say that element alone in all the sports is, is the single most important and complicated advice
2: Yeah, that is pretty funny because honestly, my next question was going to be, "What the hell is dead, dead cap? cap?" Because like I'm so I'm a big <laughs> basketball fan, and like the NBA, um, there is a lot of intricacies to it. But at the end of the day, as you said, like the luxury tax is really the more important thing. So like there isn't really as much of like a dead cap situation there. Football, obviously, like you can't necessarily trade guys without having to still pay them and all these crazy things. So like in the simplest way possible. If you can, what is dead cap?
4: Yeah. Let me compare those two items really quick here. So the reason the NBA doesn't have a lot of it is they're fully guaranteed, you know, except for the smaller 10 day contracts and, and the rookie deals, everybody's fully guaranteed. So to move a contract, it's just what's left on that contract. It's all going to the new team. Nothing's going to stick behind the, 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 the system with dead cap in the NFL is that a, we've got non-guaranteed salaries. We've got guaranteed salaries. We've got signing bonuses. We've got roster bonuses. We've got workout bonuses. We've got option bonuses. Every one of those has a different element to it, and every one of those is handled differently from a salary cap perspective. So any of those signing option bonuses, uh, they get paid immediately, but they get structured, they get spread out for cap purposes. So the, the easiest way I can say this to you is if a player has a guaranteed salary, it's dead cap. If a player has a future gal- guaranteed salary, it's dead cap, even though it hasn't been paid yet, it's dead cap. You could move to a new team or it's going to stay with the current team. But the signing bonus is the hardest one to wrap around, right? It's a $20 million bonus. It can spread out five years. So that's $4 million of cap each of those five years, even though it's still just $20 million cash in the player's hand. So that $4 million per year is dead cap per year. And, and that can get split all into one year like it would right now with the player's release today. Or it can get moved and split into two years if, if the June 1st situation comes in. I wrote a huge article about this on Spotify.com. Uh, If anybody really wants to try to understand this a little bit better, obviously, like I said, it takes like an hour and a half podcast to do this, (laughs) but uh, basically it's guaranteed money or bonus that's been paid that sits on on the cap for cap purposes that has to be accounted for with the current team.
1: Yeah, so I will honestly probably have a couple other more specific related questions to that dead cap, but I want to obviously jump into the Bears' Salary cap this year because it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Uh, We are very excited because last year we had virtually no money. It felt like so the 2023 salary cap right now is around 224.8 million dollars. The Bears on spot track it's showing have 97.8 a little over 97.8 million in cap space. So that's a lot of money. But one of the things that we were talking about the last couple months was there. Obviously, it's an estimation of what that cap could potentially be before they uh, officially released the the salary cap amount for the league. And a lot of those estimations were more sitting around like 110, 115, something like that. So what is it that kind of made that change from them having what looked like it was going to be 115 to now this 97.8?
4: So we, this is about where we were, have been projecting the cap to be for a bunch of months now. So that didn't move. Uh, what did move is two things. A the league announced the adjustments and what that is, it's bonuses that did, were or were not paid last year uh, and a bunch of other, you know, nerdy stuff that I won't get into, but at the, the league gives every team an adjusted number that we then have to factor in. So, so the bears number dropped down a little bit because the bonuses paid out, things like that.
3: Okay. The second thing
4: is at the, at the end of the regular season, every team Takes their practice squad players and maybe a couple of players from other teams, and signs reserve future contracts. So you've added 15 players to the Bears' roster, which in turn, you know, takes some of that cap space away. So that's where where it went from 116 down to 97. Those two elements alone, uh, not so much the lead cap, which is pretty much where we thought it was going to be. Okay.
1: Yeah. Not that I'm complaining about $97 billion yeah. <laughs> at all.
2: Um, so something I was wondering that you might have an idea about this. So it seems like I feel like whenever a team has the most amount of money to spend, agents are aware of that. And they try and, you know, a little bit extra money from the team rather than they would for a team who's more cap strapped. I think a good example of this would be last year with a guy like Christian Kirk who kind of reset the wide receiver market almost out of nowhere. And obviously you think there was a little bit of overpaying that needed to happen to go to a team like Jacksonville. But in the past, have you noticed teams that have extra money tending to overpay for players like
4: that? It's kind of twofold. And and there's, there's two conversations happening at the same time, which I think you just alluded to, right? Generally teams that have a lot of cap space didn't have a great season. right? They're -hmm. they're one of the, of of the not great teams. And if you're a not great team heading toward March, you're going to have to overpay. It's just how it works, right? There's a bunch of contenders that, that want those same players and their situation. is just a lot more attractive. Now, from a price point standpoint, you know, what the Bears can offer versus what the Chiefs can offer is very different. And rightfully so, the Chiefs have earned the right to get some team-friendly deals. So it's it, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, they have the 97. Everybody knows they're sitting there with the 97. But also, you know, if I'm just a wide receiver looking for a new team, they're going to have to blow me away to even consider this team right now. That's just, that's just the fact of it.
1: Yeah, Mike, for us looking back to last year, and it's easy I think a lot of times to point – fingers at the organization and mistakes that maybe they have made. But one of the things that really pop out to me from the Bears contracts last year was that they had more dead cap money than they had active player active rosters being paid. And I think it was like 90 million something compared to 70 million something. So it was a good portion of money. So Obviously, with when you want to say, okay, this is the organization mismanaging contracts. Is that true? Or because I know, like you said, that that dead cap is just such a elaborate word or phrase, whatever. So what a lot of times is it that leads to a massive amount of dead cap, sometimes leading it to being more than the active rosters on your team?
4: It's a great question, um, and and I'm gonna back off a little bit with the harshness there. Uh, <laughs> I have you, no, really, honestly, I, it, it, it's it's not as bad as you may think it is. Uh, we see this often, even with great teams. We we saw the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. I think they were fourth in dead cap that that single year. So, dead cap as a whole is not scaring teams anymore. There's a way to to have it have a good amount of it, and have a good roster at the same time. And in fact, I think some of the very very well run teams are doing that because they're they're, they're flipping things on the fly behind the scenes while also keeping, you know, 40 active players that they absolutely love help happy on contracts. So I think there's two things happening simultaneously on some of these rosters. But with the Bears specifically and with the new regime, it, that's just common. That's just how this works. New regime, it's called the purge year. You're going to take a lot of contracts that either they don't want or that they're, they know they're going to replace and they're going to find trade partners. They're going to cut those players, you know, immediately, And you're going to load up on dead cap to get yourself in a situation where you are now. Last year's pain is now this year's pleasure. 97 million of cap space.
2: Yeah. So moving slightly away from the Bears, uh, I think a very interesting contract situation right now is going on in Green Bay where where Aaron Rodgers currently is, you know, potentially on the move. And I've been hearing all year that, you know, Aaron Rodgers contract situation with the dead cap that he's going to have, that is going to be impossible to trade that contract. There's no way they're going to eat all that money. They're not going to release him. He's just going to be stuck there. And now it seems like you know, depending on how this darkness retreat goes, that he could be on the move. How would that situation look like for the Packers?
4: Yeah, it's it's a not releasable contract. Let's put it that way. That's the option that is absolutely not tenable from from a dead cap perspective. The tradable, uh, you know, it would have been the craziest contract traded ever, except for Matt Ryan took on more dead cap last year to be traded away from Atlanta. So he he's currently the winner, the leader of the clubhouse, and Rogers wouldn't change that. It's about four, it's over forty million of dead cap to trade him right now. Um, and there's an option bonus of $58 million. Everybody knows about the $60 million cash that he's due next year. Um, He's talked about, can we move some of that around? That's very, very difficult. And by Mm -hmm. the way, this contract was his choice.
1: Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure
4: I say that (laughs) as much as possible. He could have taken half of this at his age with his earnings and made this easier on everybody, including himself, right? He could have made this trade a piece of cake right now if that's what he wants to do. Uh, But it's not. It's complicated. And And the Packers have to take on $40 million. They have to move him. Unless they wait till June, which uh, that's part of that dead cap conversation uh, that we can get into later, but um, it, it's doable, and I, just, I think probably it's it's the most attractive option for both sides. I think the Packers are probably done with this. They know what this contract looks like next year in 2024, which is even worse, by the way, Ooh, uh, from a dead we, cap and a cash perspective. Yeah, we, we
1: like to hear that.
4: <laughs> yeah exactly to me to me my initial read in this contract last year when it happened was this is still a one-year deal. It looks like the biggest deal ever it looks like 50 million plus guarantee you know, per year but um, it's a one-year deal with another wait and see which is exactly where you are right now.
1: Yeah. And honestly, and that's where kind of my mind went to it when everything was first released, because obviously there was the drama of if he was even going to come back to Green Bay. And then when he had this contract, to me, the most obvious piece was it. He was just saying, OK, I'll, I'll give it one more year is what it looked like when you were kind of digging into the contract. But speaking of the Packers, because I feel like they are one of the teams. And you mentioned the Rams. There are several other teams that can do this. But I feel like the Packers do it year after year where <laughs> they start in the offseason and they they're in the negative. They don't have money they start rearranging things and obviously you're negotiating some contracts to make to make it under that cap space but I feel like the Packers do it every year and I know there's probably another a few other teams that do that but when teams are doing something like this when they have this number that they have to hit and they are over what are some of the the more the bigger things that they may do when it comes to negotiating these contract changes with players that will make players happy and work for the team
4: Sure. So there's two elements I look at every every December or January when I start to think about what these teams are going to do to get healthy. Uh, I, I look for big base salaries, and I look for big roster bonuses. And if either of those two things exist on a player that I know is going to be here next year, that's where we start talking about the, the conversions and the restructures, right? That's where you take that money, you, you bring him down to a minimum salary, and everything else, all the other dollars minus the minimum salary, gets converted to a signing bonus. And as I kind of mentioned with that example, then it can get – you know, thrown over five years for cap purposes. Sometimes you need void years added to the contract to allow for those five years. And that's what gives you the significant cap space. So the, the Packers have a bunch of those candidates. You know, the Saints have already started that this morning, literally, mm-hmm. with, with the Marcus May contract. We're going to see dozens and dozens of players have roster bonuses and base salaries converted to signing bonuses. No left cash for them. They, they still get, in fact, they get their cash up front now with that signing bonus. But from a cap perspective, you can save yourselves. You know, there's a there's a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes restructure out there that can free up 27 million dollars of space for their teams, in, in the blink of an eye. So it's it's a it's a process that more and more teams are doing because they have to because of the aggressiveness of the cap. Um, but you look, it, it, there's a point in time where it catches up with you, and I think for some of those teams like Tampa and New Orleans, we're at that point. Yeah.
2: Um, so something I really noticed over the course of my NFL fandom is sometimes you see some like really kind of out there, weird contracts where you see like some huge numbers, but like obviously it's not necessarily that. Like I think Von Miller's contract with the Bills wasn't necessarily as big as it was presented. What is some of the most interesting kind of unique contracts you've seen in your time
4: covering this? Yeah, I call that fluff uh, because it's. I, I look at that contract and I hear the number that the agent puts out there and then I actually see the structure and I think to myself, it's not even half of that. And Von Vaughn Miller's not even half of his contract. He's going to be out of there in two years in Buffalo uh, based on how that guarantee structure is. And his age, that's just a fact. Uh, Taysom Hill is the king. Yes. He's the first ballot hall of Famer for this because the, that, that is the perfect example of the New Orleans Saints just trolling the NFL world <laughs> with his $100 million plus contract, which was literally like a three for 30. Now, look, he got, he got way more guarantees than he ever should have. So it was still a pretty darn good contract for him. But somewhere along the lines of communication between GM and coach and player and agent, they basically just said, we're going to wrap this up to look like the biggest, most fun contract ever, (laughs) even though we all know what this really is on the surface. So, yes, we see a lot of that. I'll I'll be be honest. We're seeing less of it. We're seeing less fluff. Obviously, the the Sean Watson contract has zero fluff. It is fully guaranteed 100% of it. Um, And we're going to start to see more of that. And I think as the contract gets shorter and shorter, I do think that's a trend. We'll see less and less of that, and things may actually be what they appear on paper.
2: Yeah, it feels like the Saints are one of those teams that always has, like, absolutely no cap space going into the offseason, and they'll do something absolutely crazy, and (laughs) then, you know, they're going to be able to sign three huge free agents, so...
4: Now, yeah, Mike, they'll have Jalen Ramsey on the roster in a week here. Right? Exactly, oh, yeah.
1: Have fun. <laughs> have fun with that one. I. So when you're talking about incentives, Mike, because obviously you hear all sorts of different types of ones that could up these these players' contracts and the amount they'll get for the season. How exactly do those work? What point in the year do they get paid for those incentives? Uh, any of the extras that they get?
4: Yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned, everything most, for the most part, incentives are paid out at the end. All right. so, so, Juju Smith-Schuster just locked in an extra million dollars for winning the Super Bowl uh, because he was active and played half the snaps. So we see a lot of that, a lot of postseason incentives that um, we're sort of sitting here, you know, tracking at the final hour, and and you know, some players get significant pay raises for it. Um, the creativity has gotten really fun with this. So, for instance, even Tom Brady, who shouldn't need incentives but he gets them, um, has all these incentives built in with all these passing, you know, you know, touchdown passes, touch, you know, passing yards, blah blah blah. But in order to keep it off the cap initially, which is important, right? You want to keep the cap at as low as possible for your team. Hmm. And in order to do that, one of the things he's done over the past three seasons is he's tied passing. Yes, if I hit a certain amount of passing yards, so 4,000 passing yards in a season, and we improve as a running team, right? So it's two completely separate things, but they they both have to happen for him to actually get this bonus at the end of the season. It keeps it off the salary cap initially for Tampa. It gets adjusted for next season. So, again, it doesn't hurt them right now. And it's something that probably can happen, and Tom Brady gets some extra money at the end of the year. So we're seeing that kind of creativity quite a bit throughout all the teams with the with the very, very important players to keep their cap hits tempered a little bit.
1: So how do you value something like that? Like the, the run game gets better. It's just overall they get more yards and, and more rushing yards this year than they did last year?
4: Yeah, so it's okay. a ranking, right? What did the Buccaneers rank uh, okay. last year in rushing versus what? What do they rank this year in rushing? Exactly.
1: Okay, that makes sense. All right. Well, a couple more for you because I do want to bounce back to the Bears for just a second. Um, when you, when you look at this, the amount of money that the Bears have right now, is there a situation that you can think of recently that is comparable to the Bears? Because obviously they they're most people are comfortable that Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback and can be the franchise quarterback. So they kind of have that checked off. Don't have to worry about that contract too much for at least a little bit, um, but a lot of money. So can you think of a situation where another team has been in the spot where they have this much money to spend? And if so, is there how much of that did that team spend? Like, should we expect the Bears to just go out on a haul and spend the majority of this money?
4: You know, I don't have the greatest read on this new regime yet in that regard. Um, I've tried to do some research on that to see what kind of situation they might be getting into. Are they going to be uber aggressive out of the gate? Um, I don't think just to give you an example, I don't think this is going to be an Eagles situation where they believe they have to throw everything at the wall right now to see if Justin Fields is the right quarterback like I think we saw with Jalen Hurts this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they have the roster to do that. The the Eagles had so much experience, especially defensively and certainly with the offensive line, that they were able to say, let's get a wide receiver, let's get a cornerback, let's get a safety, and let's see if these pieces are are, what takes us over. I think that the best example has to be Jacksonville, um, who were, were uber aggressive last year, brand new coach, brand new GM assistant with Trent Baalke, who certainly has experience in doing this, and certainly a quarterback that, you know, got, got had a really rough start, all things considered, but they kind of knew if they settled settled the situation down a little bit, he was going to progress. And that's exactly what happened last year with Jacksonville, and they got themselves into the playoffs with it. And they were very aggressive offensively, or, or offensively speaking and defensively speaking. I think too too aggressive, personally. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm if I'm the assistant GM for the Bears right now, I'm looking at that situation. I'm saying, let's be seventy-five percent of that. Because when I look at the ninety-seven million in space right now, what I'm hoping is that August 1st, I still see 27 million there. Okay.
0: Because
4: you gotta remember, you can roll this over. Right? This doesn't all have to be spent right now. It's not use it or lose it. It is use it wisely and then let's roll this thing into next offseason when Justin Fields will be very, very important to build around and maybe we've got some pieces in place, hopefully an offensive line. Then we can have some fun discussions about wide receivers and another tight end and certainly a running game and some of those lesser situations that are easier to fix. But I think it's going to be, let's spend 50 million on the most boring positions possible, right? Let's get a guard. Let's get a center. Let's get a right <laughs> tackle. Let's get some defensive tackles. Let's build this thing through the trenches, which most of these teams I've talked about did. Um, and they've been successful because of it. So I think it's going to be, you know, let's not spend it all, but yeah. let's spend it properly and let's make it as boring as possible and, and, lull our fans to sleep because we have to do it this way or we're not going
1: to do Well, and if if boring to if boring is not getting Justin Fields sacked 55 times, That's I, right. I'm here for it. But it's also interesting, Mike, because when we look at the GM, obviously Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City and Ian Cunningham coming from the Eagles, both of their former teams that they just helped build rosters for were just in the Super Bowl, but it almost looks like they did it very differently because I think yeah. t- 11 of the start 11 of the 12 starters and Philly were drafted other than A.J. Brown, and then in Kansas City it was like pretty much half and half. So that's why I agree with you. I, I'm not sure which route they're completely going to take, but if, if, you could, if you could look at those two the way that Kansas City has handled their rosters and the way that Philly has handled theirs, the combination of the two kind of seems ideal, right?
4: Totally. Um, and completely backwards. Philadelphia has been drafting and, and promoting and molding offensive linemen and defensive linemen for a decade, mm-hmm. uh, kind of homegrown, right, in that regard. And I think he was there for, that, for part of that, so he understands exactly how that works. And then if, you, if you think about Kansas City's last five seasons, they, they don't have three Super Bowls right now because they didn't have the offensive line, because they had everything else in place and they didn't have the right offensive line, and they fixed that in one offseason, and here they are, Super Bowl champions again. So if, if that's the experience he's coming from, and those are the situations he's looking at in his past five, six years, he knows exactly how this has to go because he's seen the positives of it and the negatives of it in his own experience. So I, I think that we're, we're all going to be on the same page here, and it's about loading that up, keeping Justin Fields off the off his back, in motion, doing the things he does best, and then we can have some fun with it in 2024.
2: So uh, my last question really quick. Um, So you touched on it a little bit previously. Uh, When there have been comparable situations with newer GMs and they are in a situation where they do have a lot of cap space, do you tend to notice that the newer ones tend to be more aggressive or do you think they try to be more conservative? Obviously, it's more of a case-to-case basis, but just more generally speaking.
4: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Based on what I can remember here, and obviously I do a lot of work with this, uh, it's the latter. They they tend to, to dial it back a little bit because again, we just had this purge year with dead cap. There were a lot of rash decisions made. I think it's really hard to do a lot of subtracting and a lot of adding in in subtraction seasons. What I do think you'll see is some extensions. I I think that's a really good way from an optic standpoint, internally and externally, to say, look, we're not at the bottom of the barrel. You know, We've got a quarterback, we've got some pieces in place, Cole Kamed, Darrell Mooney uh you know maybe jalen johnson the cornerback some simple i don't think top of the market near top of the market conversations here from a contract standpoint let's spend some of our capital on that and by the way because of the cap space they can front load those contracts a little bit they don't have to be you know minimum cap hits right now you can take a little bit extra right now which makes you in a value situation in 2024 and 2025 when you may be thinking about being more aggressive on free agency adding more first-round picks things like that and those are more expensive from the cap so i think starting internally not that there's a ton of options but there's two or three i think right there looks good to everybody else and build some confidence internally And it's not going to crush the 97 million at the end of the day
2: yeah sounds like a great plan to (laughs) me
1: yes it does so my last one for you obviously the the big the guy that gets paid is the quarterback And we even see some of these guys sitting at, I'm looking at the contracts right now, and that Russell Wilson contract just looks, (laughs) but um, so what, what would you expect? Because obviously Patrick Mahomes sitting at the top with a a $450 million value, Um, but two Super Bowls, I guess, seems like it's worth it. But what are you, what are you predicting a quarterback contract to look within the next couple of years when it is time to pay Justin Fields? I don't know
4: that that will that we'll ever see another Patrick Mahomes contract ever again. And I mean that uh, it is such a one of one. It, it's it's going to remain like that um, I, because I don't know that that's a player that's going to accept it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we all keep talking like, when is, when is every player going to hate their current contract? Right. Well, Mahomes, he could be there right now if he wants to be. Um, I don't think he's that type of player. I think he loves the situation of having a career contract, but if we're talking about Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and, and some of these guys who are going to get paid in the next couple of weeks here, I don't know that they go more than five, six years. That's, to me, that's the max. That's what Josh huh. Allen's on. You know, that, that's what we've seen some of these extensions be. I, I really do think, and I hate to say it this, but I, I do think the Deshaun Watson contract broke a lot of situations. It broke, it broke the team's ability to have eight-year contracts with tons of cap flexibility that they're used to traditionally with these kind of deals. Uh, I think those days are gone. I really do. And, you know, if Lamar Jackson ends up signing a cap-adjusted version of what Dak Prescott did, which was basically, you know, four for 160, that's Matt Stafford's contract too, I, I think that's probably where they want to be, right? So if we're talking Jalen Hurts at five for, you know, two sixty two eighty, that's probably right. I mm-hmm. think that's about right. And 75 percent of that's guaranteed. There, there's no really pulling back on that anymore. But I don't think the Mahomes deal is, what anybody's aspiring to on either side of the table. So uh, the, the Watson one is certainly what everybody's vying for right now, and that's certainly where Lamar is dug in on. But I don't think we're going to see massively long contracts because they want fully guaranteed, they mm-hmm. want short and sweet, they want to get back in the market but, but by the time they're you know 28, 29, 30, because you can get four contracts right now if you're a quarterback and you play your cards one. Right.
1: Yeah, that's the wild thing to me with baseball contracts. Like 13 year contracts to me, it just looks insane. But there's all the opt
4: outs. The thing yeah, with baseball is
1: like, ton yeah, exactly. Specifics.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, like, one actually going off that really quick, one last, last question. So, for the Lamar Jackson thing situation, do you think a team ends up giving him the Deshaun Washington contract, or he's just kind of having a pipe dream there?
4: I think it is in the Baltimore Ravens best interest to, to tag him and put him on the trade market immediately and just see if there's that kind of aggression out there. And I think there will be, I think a team like the Atlanta Falcons will do it. I think they will give up the compensation that Watson uh, costs. And I think they'll be sitting there with at least a, a, a darn close offer, right? Because by the way, they were in on that Watson situation. And I think they had an offer in place that probably wasn't fully guaranteed, but was pretty darn close. So they know exactly how this works. So, to me, that's the situation that could rival what we just saw last offseason, and I actually think it makes a lot of sense for both sides.
2: I mean, a little Mike Vic 2.0 down in Atlanta. I don't think anyone's mad about that. So,
1: yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This is Michael Gennetti. He's the co-founder uh, and editor of Spot Track at spottrack.com. So, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to. Uh, thank you for all your hard work because we would be completely lost without you.
4: My mm-hmm. right, pleasure, guys. Let's do it again.
1: All right. Thanks. All right, well, thanks to Mike. Uh, a lot of intre- interesting nuggets in this. Yeah, I, I thought it was super interesting. It, it's number one, as I kind of joked about earlier in the podcast, Aaron Rodgers screwed the Packers this last season. I like, love it. <laughs> He's a just, bad
0: guy,
2: even to you people.
1: Yeah, they've, Packers fans, this is the first time in 18 years that I've seen them even remotely start being like, it's, it's – we're done. He's done. Oh, yeah. I don't want him here anymore. Yeah, it's, think, Jordan know, it's Jordan Love time. I don't know if they're saying it's Jordan Love time. I've seen time. several say yeah. that. They, I, I they're think... trying to be confident that he's the guy because also – they don't know. Most of them don't like anybody yeah. our age has never seen them not have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, yeah,
2: it's crazy. So it's they insane. think it just happens. Yeah, it's just like oh, we're gonna have a Hall of Fame quarterback. What it's do just mean?
1: funny that the Bears have never had a quarterback, but yeah. it's really easy to get back to back Hall yeah. of Fame. And ones. like
2: I will say, like I do think that there are a lot of loud voices online being like Jordan loves better than Justin Fields. Watch yeah. out, he played super well in that one game. But I do think the most reasonable six passes. Yeah, most reasonable Packers fans I think would say. They think Jordan Love is maybe something, but, like, Mm -hmm. he's not the future at this point. Maybe he proves it next year, but I don't know. It's very weird to see what they've done with all that. And, like, hey, I will say, like, Aaron Rodgers, there's a reason he doesn't talk to his family anymore. Yeah. He screwed you guys over now. Like, he's just not the most friendly guy in the world sometimes. And, like, I don't know. He's just not great. And, like, I'm very happy he's going to be out of the division, I'm assuming, at this point. Because I would be shocked. It sounded
1: like he was kind of the way that Mike was saying he did his contract that way so he could play here a year.
2: And, like, the thing is, though, not like, here we were so sure last year, though, that, like, he's gone. He's yeah. not coming back. And right. then he signs the extension.
1: I don't think I was. I I, I was
2: very certain. For, I mean, like, maybe there was a point where I ch- obviously kind of changed. But, like, yeah. draft night when Shafter's like, Aaron Rodgers wants to leave. Duh, yeah. duh, 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 duh. Like... I was like, he's finally gone. Thank God. Yeah,
1: so to me, I was like, he wants attention like so badly because the attention was not on Aaron Rodgers. And any time we're in a moment where attention is not on Aaron Rodgers, he does something. And it just happened. Tom Brady retires, and he has to go in this darkness retreat and do multiple podcasts on it with McAfee because that's just what he wants to do. Like He does not want this attention to shift away from Aaron Rodgers. So when it happened draft day, I was like— this is this yeah. is a this is a bluff. Well,
2: supposedly that was one of those things that was kind of like just out there and mm-hmm. Schefter didn't share it until draft day. Yeah. Because he kind of wanted like it to be the yeah. most exposure and be the biggest story. Uh but yeah, he's just he's someone that like he's a very weird person. That's personality. also why
1: Denver did not draft Justin Fields.
2: Yeah. I mean that is that is very true. They were trying to get him. Yeah. So that is I'm not mad they about that. they thought
1: he they were going to go get Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah. So like I don't know. Like he is a guy that is objectively a hall of fame quarterback one of the best talents of my entire lifetime but his personality and the way he's gone along with people i think is without a doubt hurt the way or the amount of success he's been able to have as a team Mm -hmm. and like if i'm a team like the jets or like the raiders and like all those teams that like are trying to get him, i get the allure of all those things i think there's also a big part of me it's just like this guy did not play that well last season he doesn't get along with a lot of people He's coming into a place where he's not been the the top honcho for the last decade plus. No, 15 years, whatever he's been for in in Green Bay. And especially in a place like New York or like Vegas, like those are big markets where people get a lot of attention on you and- I, I know, just he's been see able him. to
1: be in Little Green Bay yeah. his entire like, career where they just like all, all they care about are their cheese heads. Yeah, their bleacher seats and the Green Bay. Packers.
2: Like, is he going to be like smoking some ayahuasca before he's walking into the Raiders games? Like, you know, it's <laughs> Vegas. They got legal weed out there. Kind of crazy. Like, it's just he's such yeah. a weird guy. Like.
1: So, yeah. So that was one of the interesting things to me. Another one was when I when I was saying, like, realistically, how much. Does he see the bear spending? And he said he he would expect them to keep around twenty seven, have twenty seven million dollars after the free agency. Yeah, um, that's still that's seventy million dollars that yeah. they'd be spending. Yeah. I still, and that's yeah. th- leaving twenty seven million dollars is the amount that a lot of teams several teams have total to spend and that's after we spend 70 million dollars still keeping 27 which i was always interested about how much like how it rolls over and what you could spend mm-hmm. so it was cool how we kind of went into that because there's just so many details and contracts a lot of times where i'm reading them and i'm like i don't understand i don't get this
2: yeah and i think something else too to kind of look at is i totally just lost what i was gonna say wow that's so fun because Who- i was
1: talking about the 70 million they're spending
2: they oh yes i remember now i remember now so like when teams have all that cap space, I think there is a big part of them that's just like, we have all this money, yeah. let's go spend, spend it. And all... I think the Jaguars kind of did that last year mm-hmm. where they had all this cap space and they're just like, we're going to spend every last dime of it. And to their credit, they maybe it went from being the worst team in the NFL yeah, to winning to the, the playoffs. Yeah. This winning year, a
1: playoff game.
2: Yeah. Winning a playoff game. Yeah. And like this year, I'm not super 100% positive on their cap situation. It's not near the top of the Oh, no. League. They're
1: in the negatives, I believe, Yeah, right exactly.
2: Now. So like. I don't think the Bears are going to be in a similar situation because this this free agency class does not level, was not worth that amount of spending. Yeah, there are players who I think are worth spending on, like guys so, like DeRon Payne. You know, some offensive. Oh, linemen. So they have
1: the third. Yeah, they're negative thirty-two million. Exactly.
2: So like, like they went from being the most to being. That underneath
1: cap And that's how quickly It happens That's why he was saying Like you don't have to do that Sometimes yeah. you can be A little boring Yeah and like Get I'm, the pieces you need That you know can solidify Certain aspects of your roster That you need And then next year You're going in With this rollover money Plus new cap But yeah. then you've also Improved your roster A yeah. little bit From the previous year And with the draft
2: Yeah and like I remember that first day Of free agency Like the Jaguars Were signing someone Every two hours And yeah. it was to, like, an above market deal Yes And they were just like We're gonna give Evan, Mil- Evan Ingram 17 million dollars For this one year We're gonna give Brandon Share. If whatever it was we're gonna give Christian Kirk the biggest contract that ever any Jaguars ever gotten, you know And like they were more than willing to spend all of their money.
1: Yeah, they went and They paid guys like foyer Luiken and and Arden key and those guys their defense majorly improved from year to year But like you said when you're looking at it you now they're trying to figure out how to even get Above cap space. Yeah, and like there
2: are players that they got who were solid but like they're probably not worth the amount of money they paid and, like, I do think that there are players worth paying for in this class. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean, like, oh, like, this guy's pretty good. Like, we'll just give him a couple extra million for, you know, this couple of years. But I do think a great idea would be doing, like, the extensions, like you said, you know? Yeah. That's got a lot of positive news for Bears fans. You know, we haven't really had extensions recently. Yeah. We don't have a lot of players we have been trying to keep around. We have to get rid of people. And it would just be kind of, you know, a good thing to see. And, like, as he said, like, when you do have a cap space now, it's smart to sign extensions. Because you can front load those ones, where like you're yeah. paying them a lot of money now, to where you have the extra money, and when you're actually contending, you'll be able to have an extra some extra space to get some better players on the team. So,
1: and I was trying to find exactly what the Jags had to. So, first, they began 2022 league year with the fifth most cap space last year, 39 million, according to that was against over the cap, but that also includes 16.6 investment in Cam Robinson because they had tagged him. Yes, yeah, they yes. tagged Cam um so even them like they didn't have the money we had to spend last That's season so and they money. did what yes, they did yeah but the wild thing when you're looking at the contracts they guaranteed 175.3 million dollars in the off season last year between christian kirk brandon sheriff foyer lewikin darius williams Foye fought zay jones and evan ingram so with seven players almost 200 million dollars they guaranteed money yeah, to. and like
2: if i'm being honest like of the players that they signed the only ones that really, like, move the needle for me personally were Christian Kirk and Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ingram had a great season. You know, like, yeah. they're going to try and bring him back. But, like—
1: Aluakon at- made that defensive line, and he's not one of the guys that has, like, these big statistical numbers. But in, like, run stopping and certain things, like, there's a reason the yeah. Jags' run yeah. defense went from, like, one of the worst to one of the better, I, and especially like, That, throughout is, the that season. is someone
2: who I don't also do think doesn't get as much credit. Yeah. But, like, they did not They weren't, like, they weren't just, like— Huge name, huge name, huge name. They kind of were just like, we've got all the money. We're going to get the best players we can get. Yeah. And that was their strategy. And if that's if Ryan Poles thinks that there are players worth that money, I'm not opposed to him doing it. Yeah. But from my less educated view than his, Mm -hmm. I don't think that there is $99 million worth of talent in this free agency class to spend on. Yeah. Ideally, you know, we'll get a few big players and like some smaller pieces that like maybe could develop into something. But I don't want to come into this next offseason being like, all right, now we've got five million dollars cap space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it'll be really interesting because when I was mentioning earlier I was comparing the rosters for Kansas City and Eagles, but I forgot to mention, I think when I mentioned that question, that, that was just the offense. So Kansas City's offense, they're six of their offensives, this is of twelve because obviously you're counting all the wide the entire wide receiver room and everything. But out of the, the twelve starters, six were drafted by them, six were within trade. Uh, or free agent pickups and for the Eagles literally 11 of 12 were drafted on their offense but then their defenses were almost completely opposite like the Eagles defense I I really want to say it almost completely flipped like half if not more of their defense was guys they got in free agency or Or they traded for and they didn't draft a ton of guys and then Kansas City's was almost opposite where a lot of their defense were guys they drafted I want to say other than a couple so it's really interesting how they they approached each side of things, but obviously, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you're going to intentionally build around him, and that's what the Eagles did, just by adding AJ Brown. But what they knew they needed, they were like, "Hey, we could only get 29 sacks last year. We were one of the worst in the league when it comes to sacks. We need to fix that." They add these all these veteran defensive players, and they get 70 sacks, and they go to the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, we have guys from both those front offices are on our team now, and that's as we what's pointed out so yeah.
1: cool to think about because. Between the different strategies that Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham use, which you can see directly from the rosters of the Eagles and the Chiefs, it's going to be really interesting what they do. And I really that made me like when I saw the graphic where because I didn't even think about it until I saw the graphic of like, hey, these two guys were parts of building these rosters of the two teams that were are in the Super Bowl. And I was Poles like, "Poles was an assistant GM crap. prior,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. For the, and then I think that's exactly what Cunningham was doing with yeah. the Eagles. So like they were very much like at the in same, the same yeah. roles doing yeah. the
1: same thing. Building rosters, helping a team yeah. build rosters, and then now both those teams that they helped build were playing in the Super
2: yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Hey, like. <laughs> as, long, as long as Ian Cunningham doesn't pull some drafting Jalen Rager over yeah. Justin Jefferson stuff, oh, I am totally okay with so, them building them like the Eagles.
1: One more thing before we go, because one of the other interesting things, obviously, was his Lamar comments.
2: Oh, I, that was a very interesting thing. I mean, it seems like Lamar is very much set into this point. Like, I am my agent, which is another funny thing, because we had to deal with all that stuff with Roquan. mm and, not to mention they paid Roquan yeah. before they Roquan paid Lamar. Roquan just got a
1: contract though, and yeah. his that did not hurt him getting no. not having oh, yeah. an agent. but like that's
2: what I'm saying. But like they paid him before Lamar, which is yeah. something he probably didn't love. Yeah. And not to mention like he's so dead set it seems. i like he's like I want what Deshaun Watson got. Mm-hmm. It's like if you guys aren't gonna give it to me, someone else will.
1: Which what was it? it his was like two forty-six like, or like something like, like that. Two
2: hundred. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like two fifty over like five years. Because
1: I years. think Deshaun's. Josh Allen's, Russ's, they were all within like 240, 250, yeah. around yeah. that, but Deshaun's was. All guaranteed.
2: It, yeah, hundred percent guaranteed. That's and like that's the only reason he's on the Browns. He was gonna go yeah. to the Falcons for the entirety of the last offseason until so yeah. the Browns are just like And they're like,
1: We'll give you all of the money. Whatever
2: you want. We'll t- you can have it, you know? And so it's just
1: That's a Brown thing to do. Yeah,
2: I, and I, I I'm very happy that we're not paying him that yeah. much money because But it is
1: interesting because he was saying tag them and see if anybody will bite at a I trade. It's
2: smart and like the the only downside of that is like if that gets out and like that could with the relationship with Lamar could get very sour very quick and yeah. then it goes from just testing the waters to I want out. Yeah, you know,
1: and then what does Baltimore do?
2: I mean, if there's a lot of people who are saying, like, oh, they're going to try and trade him and get a quarterback after they trade Anthony, or Lamar Jackson, because the roster still is good, mm-hmm. you know, outside of him. I do think he's the main reason they are a playoff contender. Yeah, me too. But I don't know. It's so complicated with Lamar, because I do think he's a quarterback that he deserves to be paid like an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. He does not deserve to try a Deshaun-Watts contract. Yeah. Like, he just—and, like, it's—I feel like such an idiot saying mm-hmm. this. It's such a hypocrite saying this, but, like, Lamar Jackson is very, very good at running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing the ball. I think there's a lot more questions. And like, I know how I sound saying yeah. like this with defending Justin forever. But like, I genuinely do think Justin mm-hmm. is a lot better throwing the ball than Lamar is. I think he's a lot more comparable to like a young uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. In terms of like, he's got the arm strength and all of that. But he's got to figure out some of the smaller things. Lamar never really has had that. Yeah. Well and that's like, what I was about to say. Yeah. When you
1: flash back to college, when you look at the the way the two played in college, they were different. Yeah. They were different quarterbacks in yeah. college. They're just And they're, I, yeah. I get that that also when you go to the NFL, things will change and you you start to adjust to your surroundings and coaching and blah blah blah. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's just it's going to be really interesting to see with Lamar because I'd be kind of upset if I was Lamar. Like you said, like they just get they get Roquan Smith and he's and then give him a contract pretty much right away. Yeah. And he's right. like, okay. And then they tag him. He'd be like, I get it.
2: Well, it's, just, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. And like, it's if you're a team like the Jets, are they going to sell the farm to try and get a guy like Lamar yeah. Jackson? Or like I said, the Falcons. You know, like, there are teams yeah. out there who are like, we are a quarterback away from competing. I don't know if the Falcons are that, but like Lamar yeah. Jackson has a talent where it's just like, we need a quarterback, but yeah. like, I, it'd be very interesting to see what's gonna happen with that and like a lot of people have gone from like oh he's gonna be back he's gonna be back to like i don't know if he's gonna be back so yeah. it's a very i'm excited
1: yeah it, it was also really quick before we go interesting that the way he mentioned about the contracts like we are never going to see another patrick mahomes contract and and i know he meant a lot of it in like yeah. details and longevity and stuff too but it was 450 million dollars and the next drop is 200 million dollars less so that's what my question was was like how much are we gonna have to pay Justin Fields? And if I'm thinking that if Justin plays how ju- we expect Justin to be able to play, if he takes a leap up to where we're like, okay, like this is our franchise quarterback, we're going to be paying him two fifty. It's gonna to, be two fifty to gonna, three.
2: It's gonna be a ton of money. And like yeah. personally, I think obviously next season is very important. But like if Justin Fields has a good year next year, I want him extended as soon as possible yeah, same. because like it's better to play the quarterback sooner than later mm-hmm. because. The The longer we wait, the more the contract's going to... It's only going up. And, like, even if you look at Patrick Mahomes, people are just like, it's crazy, it's crazy. Or the
1: messier it gets, too, sometimes. The longer you wait, the more the quarterback's like, why am I not getting paid? I just want, you know, did A, B, and C and took you won you this many games. But, obviously, it will depend a lot on that because if we still look... If we still have games like we did last year where we had games where we're like, Justin looks great, and then we had games where we're like, whew, that's really bad, you're not going to want to rush to pay him.
2: Yeah, and, like, it's totally understandable, but, like... Patrick Mahomes, like, he signs his 10-year deal and he's getting paid so much money right now. But, like, even in the few years since he signed it, he has drastically gone down in Mm -hmm. terms of the amount of money he's getting paid. And another thing, though, like— We saw
1: Derek Carr. That happened with Kyler, Derek Carr. Exactly, yeah. A lot of these guys. Another
2: thing that's going to happen, though, is, like, everyone's just like, oh, like, this 10-year deal, like, it's going to be a deal. But, like— I think after about seven years or five years, Patrick Mahomes is going to be like, I'm not a top five paid quarterback anymore. I want to be the number one paid quarterback. Yeah. Please Which pay we me.
1: see that happen. Yeah. And it's, it's going to happen. They're yeah. going
2: to renegotiate that at some point. So, yes. But.
1: Even though he is making $450 million. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, it's going to be a very interesting next couple months for us. We have money to spend. There's the combine coming up. A lot of guys' names to look out for. Um, Obviously, we will – next week, I think we're going to try and start talking about some of those second contract guys that we should or should not sign that are on the Bears, who deserves a second contract, who doesn't. Um, So, we'll get into that stuff. There's a ton – Thought we could talk about this offseason. So we're just gonna keep going. Keep following these mock drafts, see how crazy they can get, see if they're like big cats where he got seven first round picks or whatever <laughs> he said he got. Yeah, I remember
2: he saw he posted that he traded down like I think he would trade it down like seven t- different times and yeah. like end up having like Just Justin was like, five. I
1: don't think you're gonna get that.
2: <laughs> you know what? I don't <laughs> like, think it's realistic. It's so funny seeing some of those mock drafts that people post from like the draft simulator. And like I like doing them when I'm bored, but yeah. like I know at the end of the day, like it's not really Real. realistic. Yeah. And like some people are just like how Look do you like this. this? Look what and I it's got. Just like, I, well, you have in the first five rounds, you've managed to drive, draft five players in the top one hundred and fifty. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, How do they no fall? Way. exactly? It's just like <laughs> and like some of the trades that I can manage to get done for the number one pick on there. Well, I would love to actually take those packages. Like, yeah, I think I had one where it's just like first four picks from the Colts this year, first four picks from the Colts next year, and like Michael Pittman. And no. it's just You're like are
1: like okay, like, would, but how's like, that going to I think happen?
2: I had to toss like another fourth rounder from us in there yeah. or something. It's just like that would never happen. No I would take it in a heartbeat, but yeah. never. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that's another thing. You know, within the next couple months, hopefully, we'll be knowing where we're actually drafting, and it's not at number one. But uh, we'll know more of that later. Anyways, this is Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Doll. That's Dylan Ryan, and we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>